podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. November 9, 2019, and this is Nikki Yu for the Faces Trader podcast. The topic of my podcast today is how to invest. To invest means to wear a vest. Wearing a vest entails you wearing something like a t-shirt or a jacket, but essentially you're wearing that shirt to say that you are team black, team company, example, team SM, team Ayala, team Jollibee, team Mega World. That's what investing ownership. It's not about renting that shirt for today or tomorrow. Ownership. And let me reveal to you some glaringly, uh, it's really glaring, deep statistics. 90% of the people who trade lose money. However, here's the caveat. 90% of investors make money in the long run. They want to lose or they want to make money. Of course, you want to make money. So it's important to criticize trading, whereas investing. Why is it that most people try their best to trade and very few people try the best ways to invest? In this podcast, I will explain the reasons and what we should do. Well, of course, one of the reasons why people wish to trade is because of the allure of the get-rich-quick mentality. To buy today and to sell tomorrow, to lock a gain, is something that is akin to a marshmallow test. You take your profit, and it really sounds as if you're Superman. But the reality is, in order to invest, we have to ask this question. What assets are we building? Investing takes time. Investing is a business model. Investing is not speculation. Investing is, number one, owning a company means we want to invest in a few industries that are growing because chances are, not all industries are, are growing. Do we want to invest in a dying industry? If brick-and-mortar retailers are having a tough time, do we really want to invest in a dying industry? Shouldn't we invest in a growing industry? Something that more and more people are using. More and more people are buying. For a while, if a company that sold coffee, thought that this market had a penetration of saturation rate, lo and behold, more and more people drink many coffee cups a day. The frequency has allowed companies like Starbucks, Nestle, Tim Hortons, Dunkin' Brands, Costa Coffee, and so many other companies, Seattle's Best, Coffee Bean, Lucky & Coffee, all of these coffee brands are all trying to capture 
Nestle's Cafe, Copico, URC's Great Taste, and just a few. There's so many more. There's Maxim Coffee. Um, it's really a lot. There's probably a thousand and more coffee brands out there. And Colombia is a coffee producer. Countries like Vietnam have their own coffee. Batangas, Baraco Coffee. You know, there's a lot of variants. The question now is, what assets are we building? Now, assets are many things. When we say assets, we think about company stock. But assets are also cash. Cash, of course, is an asset. In this podcast, we're going to talk about portfolio allocation, portfolio design. These things people don't talk about but are so critical in ensuring our long-term net edge. When we build an asset, that asset is supposed to produce income for us, whether every quarter, every month, or in a year. So how does a company produce assets that are earning for us? A company should be profitable. It should be growing. Or if it is not yet profitable, it fails how to be growing. But shouldn't we pay higher for companies that are growing but are also earning? And shouldn't we pay less for a company that is growing but are still losing money? So, of course, there is that discrepancy. It is important for us to also buy as much as possible Tina. What does Tina mean? There is no alternative. We want to invest in an industry where there is no alternative or the competition is new. For instance, in digital advertising, although people would think that there is no alternative except Facebook, it's because Facebook wanted it to be so. But of course, there are other ways for us to advertise digitally. There is what we call Google, which is YouTube. There is other sites, like in China, what is their social media? It would have to be a little bit of 10 cents because they're using WeChat a lot. Or you could consider Weibo, which is China's Twitter, which also has a lot of digital ads. Or consider their dating app, which is Momo, which is also earning money through subscription and digital ads. You can even consider the fact that when you watch your movie in IGE, there is also an ad support, which is, again, digital ads. How about when you watch TV and there is an ad out there, it is powered by your Roku smart device, and that is, again, OTT or over-the-top advertising, another ad. For all these reasons, we know that digital advertising is a very big business. And it is not just one entity, although Facebook has made the assumption that they are the go-to, they are the only one. And that is the joy and beauty of investing in companies that are monopolistic in nature. Monopolies are great moats, great brands. When you think of toothpaste, People already assume it's Colgate. They don't think about close-up or Unilever or, I mean, whatever other brand. The important thing here is um, when you 
can find a niche that you own, that dominance is paid a premium for. And so in this category, when we are building assets, when we are buying long-term companies, it is most important for us to know that the assets that we are building are buying excellent companies and not selling them as much as possible. So this is a story I'd like to always share. The greatness that Warren Buffett, the world's most prominent and most successful investor, has always shown that his business timeline is to buy and hold for as long as he can and to never sell. His time frame is forever. So where is the discipline here? Whenever you buy a company, this discipline is selection, select criteria. You don't just buy any company. You buy the only one. You buy the, the company wherein there is no alternative. It's a Tina. There is no alternative. Only this company makes this. Example, for cloud, Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure want you to think that they are the only one. They are the only one to serve you for your software needs. But is it reality? Maybe because they have done it so effectively, so great, that you wouldn't even want to find any other competition. How about your phone? Apple wants to be your default, even if you know that there is Huawei, there's Apple, there's Samsung, there's Vivo, there's Xiaomi, and so forth. Apple locks you in that system so that you would never switch. When Coca-Cola said, let's open a can of happiness, is it really true? Are we opening a can of happiness or are we opening ourselves to sugar and obesity? But the branding is so wonderful that we open Coke and we open a can of happiness branding. A lot of great brands, last decade, secular trends, as long as 20, 30, 40 years, in fact, maybe 100 years, because of great company culture, great branding, great management. How long has Jollibee super imposed to themselves that they're the best chicken in the Philippines, when McDonald's is also saying they're the best tasting chicken it's always the best, the best. But the question is, are you the only one? Because there's only the only one versus the best. Either way, um, the important thing, the guts, the, the main crux of this is that when we are building assets, we are buying the great company and the only one. If people are always using a certain product that is the only one in that category. When it's social media, the fact that everybody defines social media as Facebook means that it is the ultimate partner when it comes to social media. That said, even great companies come at a great price. They come with premium. The question here is, could we own a great company at a reasonable price? There are always these things. Can we buy great businesses at reasonable prices? That is the beauty that Warren Buffett has said to us. When he bought a billion dollars of Coca-Cola, 
what always tells me the wonder of it all is how he held it on. After 30 years, he, after 40 years, he is still holding his coke, and that dollar became $20. More so, that's $1 billion that became $20 billion and saved him $600 million a year now because Coca-Cola pays a dividend in the last 20, 50 years that it existed. So it's very beautiful to own companies that are cash dividend plays, even if that cash dividend is just 2 to 3% of its company's share price. So it grows its dividend, it grows its earnings, and it, it pays you a little bit every single year. They're the best companies. The best companies grow their earnings and sales over time. Now, let's assume you want a great company at a not-so-expensive price. Is that possible? Yes. If you can find a company that's great, that is selling their, <coughs> their company at less than one price to sales, at less than one price earnings growth, usually these companies are worth looking at because they are growing their top line and their bottom line, which is what you want in a business. You want a company that keeps on growing their sales revenue either by producing new income streams uh, or, or uh, optionality. Like, for instance, consider the fact that Amazon used to be an e-commerce company, and now they're also in web services and in healthcare, and even in fashion. It's too many. Of course, they've also failed. Although there is like the Amazon TV, it's not as if it's a big thing or the Amazon Fire Stick or let alone the Amazon Fire Phone, which they already canceled. How about the Amazon Kindle, which helps them to sell those e-books? The point here is that a company that we want is a company that has options. It increases their revenues by expanding into services and products that they could sell further. Amazon went from just a bookstore to selling almost everything. And so the question now is, can you own a company that has everything? Well, you see, the beauty about SM, SM Investments is that they always say, we've got it all for you. So essentially, what they're saying is that if you want a supermarket, if you want a bank, if you want retail department stores, if you want small rentals, we got it all for you. So essentially what you want is a company that keeps on churning money, growing, and has it all, if possible. Is there a company that is still small, which we like to call as a David, David against Goliath. So a David is a trade of a company that is growing, it's got great customers, it's not yet as big. In fact, you could argue in a larger scheme of things, wouldn't Jollibee be a David against McDonald's, which is a Goliath? Isn't it that Shake Shack is a David against McDonald's as a Goliath? So the point here is that if you like a company that's still small, consider yourself if you've been buying Jollibee in the past. And now they're growing their chicken sales, their, their other brands, and now they also want to go coffee business. If you like the trend, if you like the ones that they're going into, 
then that is a trend, that is a play that you could make. It's important to buy an asset that is congruent to the management that you believe in. So when Microsoft Satya Nadella hit refresh 2013, 2014, it was 2014, you had to see that the vision of turning software as a service, data centers to be their growth model, cloud Azure to be their growth model, to be somewhere where you could understand. So example, there are a lot of companies that wish to survive and thrive. The question is, could they? So when Kroger had this option restock Kroger, because two years ago, Amazon bought Whole Foods and wanted to attack the grocery delivery business, they wanted to do same-day shipping, allowing customers of Amazon Prime free grocery shipping. A lot of the supermarket items, Walmart, Kroger, had a tough time. In fact, in the last two years, Kroger's shares went as much as down 30-40%, but Kroger has since revitalized itself for the option restock, or some people call it option survive. They want to survive and not get delisted in the industry of supermarkets by also offering great services to the people. And so they're also doing those deliveries, those uh, same-day deliveries, and so forth. So imagine the disruption happening if you are just sleeping. If you sleep, your market share can be taken away from you while you sleep. So this is important. When we are building our assets, it's important to know that the companies that we are building are ahead of their industry or at the top of their game, or if they are undergoing a huge disruption, that they are able to fend themselves off. So for instance, in the competition, the streaming war, it is important, it is imperative for us, if we are Netflix investors, that Netflix has to save off their competition, which is all over. There's Disney, there's Amazon, there's Apple TV, there's AT&T's HBO Max, there's so many. There's Peacock of CNBC, Comcast. So there's so many companies that it is trying to fend off that competition. It is important for us to invest in growing industries and profitable ones. Thank you.